Clearly mark the radio dial setting at MotorCityGaming.com. Do not use your phone. It must be reserved for vital emergency messages so that you can receive official news and civil defense instructions on the Conrad frequency used in your area. Your life may depend on this. The last line of defense in major gaming news. Gamezilla Alpha. Prepare to take shelter and obey instructions instantly. This is the underground resistance. Join the Alpha Force. This is the plan to help you and others who need you. A plan to live, to work, and fight as did your forefathers. Now, let's check the plan together step by step. Gamezilla Alpha. Welcome to the Gamezilla Alpha Podcast, where upon request, we will send you detailed instructions on what angles are best for chucking a controller at your 4K television and shattering the screen. Your mother seriously left you in a hot vehicle as a child. Twice. Welcome to episode four of the Gamezilla Alpha. I'm your host, Grimlock, and with me in the Motor City Gaming Studios, at least partially, Jazzy Fiddle. All here physically, not so much mentally. (laughs) This episode is brought to you by our supporters on Patreon. If you want early access to this show, along with other great perks, head on over to patreon.com slash GameZilla podcast and start your patronage today. Ooh. Ooh la la. Welcome. Ooh la la. Welcome, everyone. Ooh, that reminds me of uh, Electric Superjoy. Ooh la la. It's a good game. It's a good game. <laughs> a very good game. I'll never forget the first time I played that game. I was like, I think I downloaded the wrong thing. But um, anyways, we're not here to talk about Electric Super Joy, which I thought was Electric Super J, and that's why I bought it. <laughs> yes, you did. Pleasant surprise. <sighs> but we do have a topic of the show. I'm gonna let uh, I'm gonna let Jazzy announce this one because I don't know. It's kind of a big deal for him. Yeah, it might be a, a a little game that we're gonna focus on this week called Horizon Zero Dawn. Yeah. Did you do that? No. Like just snap. Like, wow, you're really connected to this game because you said its name and the music just came came about. So I'm telling you. I mean, I'm living and breathing. Stuff not coming from my computer. It's living like, and breathing this baby. <laughs> it's not like I'm a producer or anything. My name's not Deadite. Yep. Zero Dawn sweat particles. But you are listening to the opening theme of Horizon Zero Dawn, our topic of the show, game of the year, potentially. It'll be nominated. It'll be nominated for sure. Let's just get something out of the way, though, while we listen to these soothing tunes. There will be no spoilers here. So if you have not beaten Horizon Zero Dawn like myself, then don't worry. We aren't going to give away anything that's going to upset you. Anything we talk about story-wise is from the trailers, from the you know initial releases. So if you've played any of the game, you already know what we're going to talk about. Yeah. Then we're going to get into our likes, our dislikes, and really just kind of our experience with the game. And then we're going to close it out. It's going to be simple. It's just like last week's show. We did last week's show about Blaster Master Zero and Shovel Knight. I think that went over really well. We had another open week here, so we wanted to focus on another game that's been taking a lot of our time and is special to us. And then, you know, I think next week, or maybe maybe we're two weeks out before our next interview hits. But uh, yeah, we, do have, weeks out. we do have a couple more in, uh, new interviews around the corner with some gaming industry people. 
So, yeah, super excited. But let's get into it. The topic of the show: Horizon Zero Dawn. I'm going to cut the music before we get sued and cut. Oh, <laughs> it's Sorry, still man. playing in my head, man. It's I, still I, playing in my head. I know, I know. So let's uh, let's just talk about it. developed by. Guerrilla Games, a very special developer for Jazzy and myself. If you're not familiar with Guerrilla Games, they are the creators of the Killzone franchise, which is why they are special to us. We played Killzone from the original on the PS2 all the way to um, the PS4, which maybe we shouldn't talk too much about. But Killzone 1, yeah. Killzone 2, even Killzone 3 was, was pretty good. Uh, I've, played, I've played Killzone on the PSP, on the PS Vita, Anything that had the word Killzone on it, I I wanted to support because I really liked Guerrilla Games. Fast forward to E3 two years ago. 2015? Yeah, 2015, yeah. I think. And we got a glimpse uh, of a game called Horizon Zero Dawn by Guerrilla Games, and we were like, wait, what? what's going on here? I and shit my pants, all right? <laughs> I'm not going to – let's not, let's not, you know, make this any less embarrassing than it already was. I was so excited I shit my pants. Okay, so I'll, I had a different reaction, and I, and I you know what? I might have been wrong on this. This might have been 2014 that we got our first initial look at it maybe. But anyways, wh- whatever year it was that we got our first look at E3 of this game, it started off in a cave, and the hand and the and the outfit looked like a, like you know a caveman style, and I yep. was, I instantly was like, eh, not my thing, not, not like I don't I'm not a I'm not a living in the past type. I, I like sci-fi. I like giant yeah, robots, spacey, space. Yeah, that's just my that's just my thing. That's that's what I like. <laughs> so then they leave the cave, and there's a giant mechanical giraffe monster robot. Walking through the forest, and I'm like, "Wait a minute, <laughs> hold on a second. Then I shit my pants, Jazzy. So I had, yeah. just, I just delayed, a delayed reaction. I just delayed I my pants shitting. So yeah, um, but yeah, we both had a great res- response to it. It was Gorilla taking itself in an entirely new direction, open world, third person, just a single player adventure game, which did release on the PlayStation Four exclusively, February twenty eighth. 2017. Yeah, and if you don't own a PlayStation, buy one because you want to play this game. You want to play this game. <laughs> That's all I'm gonna say. We know, we know. There's there's a lot of re- there's a lot of uh, jazzy talk gonna be coming up here as to why he and it's a gorilla. You just gotta love gorilla. It's more I than it's so more much. than gorilla. Like you you gave this game a chance because the name gorilla was there. Yeah, but then the game changed you. Oh yeah, absolutely. All right. So, Guerrilla Games February 28th, 2 weeks. Sorry. Not <laughs> not even 2 back, weeks. Let me back it up here. Yeah. What? 4 three, days? 3 days. 3 days, 4 days. 3 days before the Nintendo Switch came out. Yep. So, we we or I got a little bit of early access to this game and I put about 40 hours in in about I think two days, and I just That's it? yeah yeah forty hours about two days, and I was obsessed. I was I was hooked. The switch came out 
yes, I like my Switch, but I'm still, you know, but I'm still like this is how good this game was is, and though I play my Switch a lot, the only other thing that's getting any attention is Horizon Zero Dawn. Overwatch is on the shelf. Destiny's on the shelf. Uh, uh, Resident Evil's on the shelf. Final Fantasy with all the new DLC on the shelf. Like nothing else gets any time. It's Switch and Horizon Zero Dawn. Yeah. It's hard for me to say because I'm right in the same boat with you, but uh, League of Legends on the shelf. Right. I haven't played League and dabbled here and there when we were in Boston because I didn't have my PS4 with me. But, um, you know, other than that, I don't can't tell you the last time I played a full game of league since this game came out so right so all right let's cover the uh, the basic story and again there's no spoilers here unless you've been living under a rock and have not touched this game a single bit if it is if that is the case then right now skip about one minute and we'll be done telling this story sounds good the game is set about 1,000 years in the future in a world where humans have regressed to primitive tribal societies as a result of some unknown calamity that destroyed human civilization. Their, technolo- their technological advanced predecessors are vaguely remembered as the Old Ones. Large robotic creatures, known simply as machines, now dominate the Earth. For the most part, they peacefully coexist with humans, who occasionally hunt them for parts. However, a recent phenomenon known as the derangement has caused machines to become more aggressive towards human. Humans and larger and deadlier machines have, be- have began to appear. There are three tribes that feature prominently in the game, the Nora, the Karja, and the Asaram. The Nora are fierce hunters-slash-gatherers who live in the mountains and worship nature as the All-Mother. The Karja are desert-dwelling city-builders who worship the sun, and the Asaram are tinkerers known for their metalworking, brewing, and arguing. They also serve as mercenaries. So those are the three... Uh, basically, primary group, uh, you know, peoples in the game that you can play as peoples, peoples, yeah, peoples. You could have said groups, 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 groups of peoples. There you go. <laughs> but the whole kind of concept of this game is you play as a female character named Aloy, who is an outcast, so she really doesn't fit into any of these three groups, and you are playing as her, trying to figure out where she came from. And where she belongs in this world. Very well put. Yeah. That's spoiler free, right? It's yeah, no, it's per- <laughs> it's perfect. Um, it's perfect. Aloy, Aloy is, she's like. Since we're never going to get another Metroid game, she's like the new Samus. <laughs> yeah, she re- yeah. she really is. She's the new Samus. Uh, she's str- she's just she's that character that you like from the beginning. And, and it just builds. And so you really connect to her, you feel her strength, and you and you just, it's something special. And I think I brought this up to you uh, earlier today. I was talking about the reason why Horizon Zero Dawn is special, and n- not all game companies in their entire existence get, get to do this. But every once in a while you get these games where the character that you're playing the the game developers make it so 
you feel their strength, you feel their ability, and you and you instantly just gravitate towards them, and they feel special to you because of that. Mm-hmm. And one great example that I always gave um, was the first time you played as Kratos in a God of War game. You Absolutely. Si- you simply just were mind blown. You were you know you knew, I knew nothing about this this weird white painted guy. You know like what's going on, and then you'd go in and you start to fight, and you're like, whoa. He's sweet, you know, and like, and then you gain these powers, but you also knew his story, and they built this like, just really depressing struggle that he went through, mm-hmm. and basically this is his revenge run, and by the end of it, you're like, you know, spoiler alert for God of War, if you've never played God of War, like, sorry, I'm about to ruin it for you, you go fight Zeus and you beat his ass, and by the time I'm done beating the shit out of Zeus, I'm just... I'm like heavily panting, like I just finished beating Zeus' ass myself, and I'm like, "You fucking deserved it." <laughs> yeah, yeah. It took me like three games plus some PSP games plus you know some piss poor prequels, but fuck you, Zeus, I got your ass. Like you yeah, just exactly. felt great, and that's what Aloy is here in Horizon. She is just she's something special that Gorilla has created, and they're gonna be able to build off and really, you know. I mean, Sony should be thrilled. Gorilla should be thrilled because this is a new IP that's on the level of Uncharted, on the level of The Last of Us, on that level. I'm not saying it's better. I'm not comparing them. But it is that special of an IP that it belongs in the conversation with those other special Sony IPs. Yeah. And since we are spoiler-free, I'm going to keep it just at this because it's it's a big thing in the game. But Gorilla has done an excellent job at Instantly, like right when you start this game up, making you do something in the game that instantly creates this 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 feeling for the character that you're gonna play. Well, so, let's have sex with every uh, every. Uh, I co- said no spoilers, but here we go. Oh wait, no, sorry, it's Mass Effect. You know the oh oh the yeah. other that, that yeah. game that. But don't worry, you don't got to <laughs> see their face because it's all blocky. Yeah. Oh man, shots fired! <laughs> no, but, I, I bring yeah. that, I bring that up as a, as a joke because like I feel like some like that angle of of a game they put that in there because I don't know I I just it feels stupid to me right it just feels like unnecessary like okay yeah cool you can have sex with anybody in this game basically and they want it and they focus it instead Aloy is that character that you're not worried about that mm-hmm. you're you're. You're driven by her. You're driven like they don't yeah. need to give you those cheap little like gimmicks. You're just driven by her and her quest and everything around her, and you just wonder, 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 which drives you down this road. They do a great job of giving you an emotional attachment to the character that not only makes you feel for the character, but feel like the character. Which is super cool. All right, so we're praising the game a lot, but we we want to start um, the this this part of the conversation with our dislikes, or do you want to start with our personal thoughts of the game? I think we kind of we've kind of done that, but um yeah, personal thoughts of the game we've kind of hit. I'm um, I'm fine to kind of tie those together because I have a lot of personal thoughts on my likes and dislikes. Right. So. Yeah. So I think okay, we'll start with our dislikes and let's start with the climbing functionality of this of this game they they show you some in the trailer and they um you know make it seem like it's going to be this decently yeah it's like a feat yeah like like you really had a struggle 
to to get through this climbing yeah. mechanism. And it feels like it's going to be a decently important thing that you're going to use a lot. And I feel, I don't know what happened in the development here, but they it just feels like they probably could have just done without it almost, and no one would have mind. But the climbing functionality is just it's super basic. There there's no skill to it really. It's just you find you find the certain path that you're allowed to climb. And it is um, shown to you by markings on the rock that kind of look like bird droppings. I think there's supposed look to be a like, lot like bird chalk droppings. or something. I don't know. Right. If it is, birds are focusing these random spots very heavily, which is strange. But nonetheless, those that's the area that you can climb. And you simply just jump, and then she grabs on, and then you just hold the, hold the joystick up. Yep. And, or left or right. Whichever and then, way you need to jump to or <laughs> yeah. climb to. And then every once in a while, it, spaces, it gaps enough where you have to push the joystick one way and hit the jump button again, and you never miss. Yep. There's no, there's no, I, I don't know. It's not like Assassin's Creed. Even, Asa- even Assassin's Creed, I felt the climbing mechanics were unique, and here's why. Assassin's Creed, if it was a ledge... If it, if it, then you could climb it pretty much. It wasn't, and the problem I think I have with this particular mechanic is, you look at this <laughs> this giant mountain, and there's ledges all over the place, but you can only grab this one path. Yep. And that, so it it turn it, it takes an open world, and for that particular piece of the of the game, it just makes it linear. It's just like cool, find the path, and then you go up it, and then what you need will be at the top. Yeah. Assuming you jump correctly to grab the first ledge, the only way that you fall to your death at all is if you accidentally hit the square button and just drop down. Right, That's yeah. It. There's yeah. no user error. Yeah, yep. There's no absolutely no way that you can possibly fall aside from accidentally Ta- hitting the button yourself. Technically, there's one more way. If for some reason you were dumb enough to try to climb and again I say dumb enough because the climbing mechanism is so junky I don't see why people would even try to do this but if you were climbing and an enemy was to hit you you would you would lose your grip yeah but again I did not run into that once nope so neither did I yeah <laughs> it's the opportunities there, it, when I first started to climb, like the first couple times you did it, you were like, oh, man, I can't wait to see how this builds. Mm-hmm. It's going to be, it's gonna build as the game goes on. And I think that's my biggest problem with it is that it didn't build. If anything, it got less and less until you finally got to that point where you were running around doing all the side stuff, like collect collectibles and things like that. That's where the climbing came in, in most was the collectibles – and, and maybe some side missions. Like the main the main story and the main aspect of the game, it was very limited. Yeah. I was a little disappointed with this for sure because in the preview, they show Aloy climbing one of these giraffe-type creatures where she's like jumping across on these spikes and like barely hanging on. And I'm like, oh, man, this is so cool. Like it's going to be a feat for me to get up there. I'm going to struggle. I got to hit all my jumps right. And... No, you make the first jump and then you just press up. Like yeah, <laughs> and, and, and as you collect, as you go to more and more of these long necks, um, they the the patterns change and they get a little bit more like puzzly, I guess, but not like like not difficult at all. And, yeah, and by puzzly you mean instead of hitting up, you got to hit right, <laughs> or yeah, or much. hold on. Um, 
in this point, you have the ability to shuffle on yeah, the ledge. Yeah, exactly. So you have to shuffle all the way to the right. Then you could jump up. Like it's, <laughs> it's, yeah, not, it's not hard. Yeah. But, um, you know, when I first, like you said, when you first saw the preview at E3 and they showed someone scaling one, I got brought back to Shadow of the Colossus where you're finding these giant beasts out in the wilderness and you and you're scaling them and you're literally they're they're so big that you're actually fighting on them, right? And it also reminded me of God of War when you were like scaling some of these giant creatures and literally it was a level that you were fighting on that was you were on the creature. And so I thought we were going to get something like that but just the, but, but potentially the next level. Right. And it was, yeah, that that's what I mean, the climbing. And, and, and I honestly, that's the best, this is the funniest part. I had completely forgotten about that aspect of the climbing mechanism of the game until you brought it up. Because it was so disappointing when I, when I, I was like, oh my God, it's one of the long necks. Oh my God. Like I lost my mind the first, yeah. first time I found one. Well, it's they make them seem cool too because, you know, as a giant r- robotic giraffe type of creature, like... Not only visually, but with the sound effects they yeah. do, like it, the earth rumbles and your screen shakes, and like these things are like huge, and it's like super cool to just be in the presence of them. And then it's like, oh, you just gotta, you know, jump on them once, and then I climb to the top. Cool. Like, yeah. And so I think I think like they could have done a better job if maybe like every time you needed to make a move on the draft, it, it needed to be like timed perfectly right or like there was or there could be a penalty to you you know like the draft like like the long neck knew you were on it yeah or even because the fact any that, other you creature know, if you're by it guess yeah. what they know you're there exactly but not, but not this thing this thing's just like meh or simply like it was walking back and forth so maybe make some sort of like rumble feature where it's like if you go to try to make a jump at the wrong time when he like stamps down on that side then you could be shaken off, like yeah. something simple. Yeah. yeah, or they could have done something. You know, the long neck. It, it's all. It's a mechan- It's a giant machine. What if like there was electricity pulsing up and down the neck in different patterns that so you had to make moves in order to stay on the neck. You know, timing wise. You know, you make Absolutely. it make right. it just a little bit more challenging, and it would have been perfect. But let's you know, let's not stick on the climbing too much because again, it is a very small part of the game and it's not going to ruin this game for you at all. Yeah, it's just an area that we thought was it seemed kind of rushed and it seemed almost like a secondary thought to them. Yeah. I'm pretty sure too, if you wanted to, you could probably get through most of this game with little to no climbing. If you, I yeah. think a lot of like like Graham had already said, a lot of it's side quests and like going to like uncover th- certain things. So in the actual like main mission storyline, there's very little climbing. So very little climbing. I mean, you're gonna climb those long necks because you need to. You know, they they, you know, they do something for you. Right. So you need like I guess technically you don't need them, but they're helpful. Absolutely. All right. Uh, our next piece was, and, and this this plays into a good a good transition here, the machines pathing and reset points. Oh, so yeah. what we mean by this is the machines pathing. Um, so we're in this open world, and and you find like these grazing zones or these like habitats that these machines have kind of you know they act like real animals. So yeah. they've kind of created their own like zones their own habitats like hey you know i stay here you stay there and i won't eat you type deal right um and you can sense these paths whatever you can you can 
track them in a way because you're a hunter, right? But that's it. They're they're not the AI isn't isn't smart in the sense that it changes up the paths. It it's just like I walk in this square and just wait for me because I'll come back around in this same exact square. Like it almost feels like that when you finally get to like a a pack of you know a particular beast that there should be a giant rut <laughs> because they've literally because they've walked it thousands of times right and so with that being said the reset points are if something finally does detect you and you're and you engage it and then it ch- it's chasing you down which then it breaks its path a bit as long as you back up outside of its zone yeah it just retreats it just goes away almost like almost like a dungeon crawler that's not an open world you know and and that's why this game is called an open world but it really feels like a action adventure rpg action adventure rpg that's more that's like a linear open world hybrid it's it's yeah. very strange but because of this i noticed myself where when i got into a you know a difficult situation I would find that sweet spot like like you've been saying, Jazzy, and you kind of would play around this like zone where it would it would dart you know dot oh my god dart at you, mm-hmm. and then you'd back out and you put some and it would back off and during that transition you'd just put some shots in on it, and then you you know go in for the killing blow or something. Yep. But you know it was disappointing to see that it wouldn't run you down. It was like no like I never felt like turn around, hit the sprint button and let's get the hell out of here because I'm not going to survive. No, I I I you know, play with that play on the fence basically is what I would do. An invisible fence. And you know, the game that I'm going to reference is Zelda, which came out like we said 3 days after, right? And I've played this game in <laughs> in a I was in a location and there was this creature that it was way too powerful for me and I needed to get away so I ran away and I was like okay I think I'm good and I started scanning some amiibos to get my free stuff for the day and then I died and I was like what the hell and I turned around it had followed me almost through an entire region and then struck me down in one blow because it it, it was tracking me And, and so like that's what I mean by like the AI almost feels a little too restricted. Yeah, that's my. Uh, it's not something that's gonna kind of ma- you know make or break the game for me because you do have the ability to kind of play at your own pace on this. Like, if you want to kind of cheat the system a little bit by you know going outside of their like pathing zone to be able to kind of like make it a little bit easier because you know you're afraid to fight the beast or it's a little too powerful you and you're under you know under leveled or or whatnot you can do that however the thing that i kind of dislike about this is they've done such a great job with ai interaction throughout the rest of the game like you talking to the different tribes and them remembering things about you that happened in the game like, hey, you know, we said this about you, and now that changed our viewpoint of you as a character as Aloy. Now when you go talk to the NPCs of that tribe, they remember that interaction and, and you know, respond to you differently. So the AI was there. So to see something as cool as, 
you know, these machines having their own territories where you can go into different areas and there'll be a specific type of machine beast. And then them not being able to kind of roam out of that it was just a little disappointing. Especially, and the big thing for me here is, there are certain areas in this game where the machines do cross each other. Correct. And they do fight each other on their own. Like, you you don't even have to be engaged in any of them. And they're like, oh, wait, I'm more powerful than him. I'm going to get in fight with that with that machine. And then they start fighting each other, which is super cool. So if they just were able to kind of, like, open up those territories and take away the zoning restrictions a little bit, make it more like an open world where this beast can chase you into another zone, then, you know, you could utilize that to maybe a disadvantage or advantage. Like, oh, I thought I got away kind of like you were saying in Zelda where it's like oh I thought I got away but then it followed me and killed me or maybe I want to lead it into an area that's got a more powerful machine so I can get that to fight it and then I could get away you know and that's and that's the other problem is that there's you know there's a functionality in this game where where you can um, and, and we've seen it right we've seen it in the trailer so I'm not, I'm not giving this away too much but you you kind of override something right you know and temporarily or whatever but um but <laughs> I'll override something and realize that there's nothing around, and then I can't get it to go anywhere to yeah, help me. Just so I just there. abandoned it. Yeah, it just stands there yeah, until and, it times out. Right. <laughs> you know? So I'm kind of, you know, like, like you said, that's, it's, it's disappointing. Sometimes it takes you a little bit out of the battle. Like, you know, there was the first time that I, that I battled a, um, um, is it Stormbird? Yeah. Yeah. And it's just a large, a very large bird, ro- you know, Yeah, it's like, beast. like a mechanical eagle. Yeah. And I just got into a spot where it couldn't hit me. Like, I, I kind of like, I think I kind of glitched on top of this mountain. And it couldn't hit me. And it just, it just sat there uh, flying, like hovering. Like, it wasn't mm-hmm. even trying to get to me. It was just hovering there, just letting me pelt it with arrows. And I was just kind of like... It, it took this epic battle that I was supposed to have and kind of just broke it, right? Yep. Now, for me, I was, I don't, you know, this game is special to me, so I was like, you know what, I'm not going to do this. And, I, you know, after I realized that it was stuck or it was locked up or something, I ran out to try to get it to reset because I wanted to, I wanted to explore the mechanics of this creature. I wanted to learn its patterns because I knew I was going to find one eventually in the game that wasn't on top of a mountain where I could glitch in the mountain and, and be safe. Absolutely. Eventually I was going to have to fight one where I was going to actually have to fight it, you know, and that's, and so it's not again, a game ruiner, but it's just these small things that for a game that this is gorilla's first time, they were a first person shooter only company. And this, you know, so again, I don't want to take away what they've managed to do because it is amazing, but mm-hmm. these are areas that they could definitely improve upon because I don't want to sit there and say, this game's perfect, buy it, you're going to love it, nothing wrong with it, because that's, that's never the case. All these people that are calling Zelda a perfect game, guess what? I could, I have, let's see, we have what, one, two, three, four, we have like four dislikes. I, I, I definitely could come with four or five in Zelda that, of dislikes. And if you've that got dislikes, it's not a perfect game. I'm sorry. They aren't <laughs> dislikes because of my opinion, they're, dis, they're dislikes because I believe they're problems with the game. So, mm-hmm. and that's for a different show, maybe, right? We're not going right. to talk. We're not going to get into it. But so, machine pathing, it's it's a little difficult. It yeah. does it does come in it does come in handy in the sense that if you're trying to override something, then you 
can figure out the path, and that way you can try to sneak up on it, right? So, right. next up, open world with <laughs> invisible walls. Yes. Oh, this is this is a a sore spot for not only this game for me. Probably the thing that I didn't like the most about this game, but this is going to go for any open world game. Any open world game that has invisible walls that aren't like strictly like hey, here's these four lines that create a box and you have to stand here, but you could do whatever the heck you want inside this box. No, they're everywhere. Like <laughs> and that's a problem in an open world game. Yeah, I mean it, it's it's why this game loses its open world open world feel at times. It never loses its feel of I'm enjoying myself, but it just doesn't feel like an open world. And and what I mean by that is like it doesn't feel like Witcher 3. It doesn't feel like Zelda Breath of the Wild. You know, and I I made the mis- I, I'm going to call it a slight mistake. I started Zelda right when I got my Switch, like most people, you know, <laughs> figured they would. Uh, you did not. You want to finish. You wanted to finish Horizon mm-hmm. before you started Zelda. Correct. And I actually told you, you know, a day ago that I think you made the right decision because when I started playing Zelda, it actually started to make me realize how not. I thought Horizon Zero Dawn was perfect. Mm-hmm. I was I, I I couldn't say a single bad thing about it. I was just drooling over this game, and then playing Zelda. Not that Zelda's perfect, but it brought out when I went back to Horizon. It brought out these things where I'm like, why can't I just, you know, why can't I do this? Why can't I do that? It's supposed to be an open world, and that's when I was like, it's just it's not a true open world. It's a hybrid in a way, and these invisible walls really show you where it's like the game lets you break it break it a little bit. And what I mean by that is like, okay, we talked about scaling a mountain. Mm-hmm. Technically, if you can find a ledge that's low enough for you to jump on, you can get on it. I'm not right, and then you can kind of like, <sighs> yeah, frogger your way up, frogger your way around yeah. a mountain, um, in a in a way that you're not supposed to. But the game lets you do it, right? And so, but then as you do that, you start to hit these invisible walls where you're like, oh, I'm stuck. Yeah. I have to go back down. Are you kidding me? And it's just you know it's a it just takes you out of it a little bit. You get really you know really into this game and you're exploring, you're exploring, and you're you know at one point I just stopped the main mission. I was doing all this side stuff and just looking for you know hidden um, hidden hidden ruins and um, what, cauldrons, cauldrons, yep, which are like basically a form of dungeon and. Uh, you know, but then I, then again, you would keep hitting these like restrictions, and it would just it, it would it bummed me out. You know, um, again, the game is so enjoyable, and you, and you're going to explore. Like the 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 walls will not uh, deter you, but they are noticeable. So I think I think that's the next thing is that if you're going to continue to call these these the series an open world series, I think you need to. Install a little more freedom. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and like I said, it's not something super major. Um, there are a lot of areas that you can find these kind of invisible walls, but it doesn't deter you away from the game. And once again, I want to point out that even though it was a dislike and it could get a little annoying at times, 
I do have to take a step back and realize this is Guerrilla's first open-world RPG game. Like, their first-person shooter company. Like, So for it to be as, as polished as it was going into their first attempt at an open-world RPG, I think they did a, a good job. They did, they did an amazing job. And so, so I, you know, we wanted to focus on the dislikes. We wanted to be honest because that's what, you know, we're not being paid by Gorilla. Sony doesn't pay us. The fans pay us. And so we wanted to be truthful to, to you know, that's what, how we try to do Motor City Gaming, GameZilla products, the Legend of Retro products. We are, we're, you know, from gamers to gamers, dead honest. Mm-hmm. There might be a game out there that's getting nine out of tens, and if I fucking hate it, I will tell you why I hate it. So you know, until that company wants to give me a shitload of money, and then I'm out, guys. No, I'm, just, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> but um, so those were our dislikes. The game. Let's let's. And we wanted to save the likes for our to to finish this off. To yeah, you know, yeah. we don't, we don't want to end take on it down a, ne- a little bit and then bring yeah, it right back. We want to end it all on negative talk. So. Let's uh, let's talk about the things that really make this game special and why you and I believe it's going to be uh, in contention for game of the year. Uh, let's we'll start it off and and you can speak best to this one. Story, 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 story. <laughs> we did we did just go over our dislikes and I have played a little bit of Zelda Breath of the Wild, you know, just to try it out and. Uh, you know, since I have beat Horizon Zero Dawn, and I can say that I agree with you on everything as far as like open world and it feels a little bit smoother and stuff like that. But my gosh, the story that this game has! I've already mentioned that they make you basically kind of force you into an emotional, you know, feeling for this character in the beginning. Like you want this character to do well. You feel like you are this character, and the story that they have is just so good. I honestly had points in this game. Well, they'll go through, you know, oh, hey, you got to play through here, and then you get to a part where you do a cutscene, right? And there, there's some pretty lengthy, good cutscenes in this game. None of them felt, like, drawn out where I was like, okay, can I just get back to the game? In fact, just the opposite happened to me, where I would watch a cutscene, and then I would get back into the actual gameplay, and I'd be like, man, can I just watch the next cutscene? Do I got to play to it? Like, <laughs> this, they just immerse you in this story and the path they take you I don't want to do any spoilers but it's just it has those twists in it where it's like this is what I think is going to happen and then you go to like this next town you're like oh oh shit no that that can't be what's happening this is what I think is going to happen you go to the next town you're like wait a minute neither of those things are right this is you know so it's continually drawing you in yeah and you know a lot of and like he's like Jazzy said a lot of times you'll have maybe a fragment of an idea of what's going on, but then they'll add to it and it just feeds you. You just start to get consumed by it. And before you know it, you have to kind of say, oh, I need to stop because I'm pushing the main story way too far. I don't want to, I almost don't want to end it yet. And that's when you realize when we say story, I'm going to take it in a different angle. These side missions, these mini stories that they've built into this game are just as good. Yeah. So side missions that, you know, spanned nine missions deep and leads you in a direction that really does nothing for the main story, but then eventually, you know, except maybe you get some gear and some money and, of course, some experience to level your character up. But 
then you're like, all right, cool, I'm going to go back on the main mission now. That was a lot of fun. And that's the thing that this game gets. And be- and I think it's because it's not gigantic open world get lost too easy is that the side missions work so well with being able to... I'm able to go do side missions from hunting down creatures to helping out you know other humans to you know um, finding lost items to, like and none of it really got to that point where I felt it was repetitive it wasn't Assassin's Creed repetitive it wasn't like hey I cleared out all the side missions in the city and then I'm like cool I'm done and I look and there's all sorts of new side missions in the city like Witcher 3 no it was like it was just perfectly balanced it was like all right I did these missions in the city the city's happy. I need to find the next city that needs my help. Mm-hmm. You know, and that felt good. It felt like as you progressed the main story, there was all these little side things that you wanted to go do. Mm-hmm. And that's why that's that's the thing about, you know, the main story is super intriguing and it's mysterious and and you've built around this character that you you know, in my first 2 days, yes, I put 40 hours in. But I was only like 40 hours and I was only like 30% done with the game because I wasn't pushing the main story because I was enjoying everything, everything I could do. Yeah. And, you know, Aloy drives all of that. Aloy, you know, if you didn't have this character that, that connects to you and drives you and means something to you, then the rest of it would fall flat. And that's what they've done so well is they built around Aloy and then they connected it all to Aloy. So now you feel like it's all necessary. It's all important because it's important to Aloy and you care about this character. Mm -hmm. So I loved the story. Um, I'm not finished with it yet. I'm very close, but, uh, Everything that I've done with that game, story-wise, has nothing has been disappointing. It's it's all yeah. been positive. I absolutely agree, hundred percent, with your statement on the side quests draw you in and are just as interesting as the main storyline. So you don't feel like you're getting off the beaten path by going to do these. However, I will say, and this is not a spoiler, because you n- technically do not need to in order to complete the game. Skip thirty seconds if you don't want to hear this right now. But I will say that by completing the side missions, it can have an added benefit to the ending of the game. True. So. Okay. Hopefully no s- you're back. Alright. Not that I feel like anybody's going to skip them anyway because they're just that good. Yeah. Alright, next uh, next big like is probably my favorite thing about the game for me that I, that I was just screaming about and telling everyone about during my early access and that is the uh, the mechanics of your weapon and and yes you have multiple weapons but I'm specifically talking about the bow the bow and arrow uh, and just the feeling of being the ultimate badass with this weapon so again you go through the beginning of this game and you learn a lot and that is why when you actually start to be in the main chunk of the game, you f- understand why this bow is so why you're so good with it, I guess. Mm-hmm. But the mechanics of the battling system. So, so you put down you know bow mechanics. Just the battling mechanics make you feel 
like Aloy is the baddest ass hunter in the entire land. And because of it, you are doing things from sprinting and sliding, slowing down time while you're still moving and popping an arrow in, into a beast's eyeball. And you feel like you did it. It doesn't feel like a quick time event where it's like, hit triangle right now. No, like it's all live and you're doing it. But somehow it doesn't feel overwhelming, even though you're trying to like ride on top of a beast and jump off of it and shoot an arrow into another beast. Like, no. You can do it because you're Aloy and because you're awesome. And mm-hmm. that's how and that's what the the mechanics reinforce the badass character again. And I, I go right back to Kratos. It's a button masher, right? But it felt good. Kratos is supposed to be super powerful and, and taking on gods. The mechanics have to work. Or guess what? Kratos does not feel like a god killing, you know dude. Right. So a plus on the battle mechanics. Absolutely. And the cool thing about it is is they have differed the machines enough to where they have different kind of weak spots and stuff like that to where the beca- the battle mechanics and the items that you can use in order to take down these beasts are not only more beneficial and different for each one, but you can utilize all of those different tools that you have with everyone. So it doesn't feel like it's a waste. Like, oh, I want to use my bow on this one. I want to use my spear on this one. I want to use my rope caster on this one, and then I'll take them all down easily. No. It's just there are specific items that you could use to help benefit you to actually taking down certain types of beasts, but you can utilize those mechanics on all of them. Yeah, exactly. And, and like you said, they're different enough that you can have different styles to the different beasts, but at the same time... You, you know, like, if I want to power through with my bow, I can. Mm-hmm. But would it would it be better if, you know, I use the rope caster and the trip caster and the slingshot? You know, like, these are all things that, you know, would it be better if I use some of these other weapons? And I'm not going to go into their functionalities. Because I want to, I don't, again, like a lot of this you've seen in the trailer. Yeah. Like, you know, if you, if you Plus pay they have it, quests when you pick yeah. up these weapons, they have quests that teach yeah, you how to use yeah. them that are really well done. And that's done. the other cool thing is that they give you these quests to gain experience if you go and, you know, learn how to use this weapon. But it doesn't feel like you're being handheld. You, you know, you, there's not a tutorial that you have to play through all the time. There's a tutorial technique in, in a certain way if you want it. Otherwise, just go figure it out. Right. You want to run into a giant beast that's going to you know, one-hit you and you want to try to use something you've never used? Go for it. We don't care. But at the same time, if you feel discouraged, come back here, grab this grab this quest, and understand it better. Absolutely. And, that's, and, and so I thought that was a, a great way to handle it when you're introducing so many different mechanics throughout the game. But, you know, the, the battle mechanics is the best feeling. I Best feeling, like, fighting mechanics in an open world Really, you know, in I don't know if I can pick another game that felt this good. Mm-hmm. I've always referenced Destiny for shooters uh, since that. Yes, people hate Destiny because of A, B, and C story and loot drops and you know you know broken mechanics within the game. But no one can deny that when you picked up a gun and you floated through the air as a warlock and you you know headshotted a fallen and then you dropped down, pulled your sparrow out, ripped across the land, jumped off of it, meleeed a dude, and then like you know it, it just it felt great. 
-hmm. And that's what Bungie's known for. Halo felt great when Bungie was making it, and Destiny mechanically feels great. That's what this feels like on a level that I've never felt when it came to an open-world-style game. I always felt like Witcher was clunky. Fallout was clunky. This just feels smooth. It feels real. It feels like, you know, you are connected to the character. Yeah, and I like the detail that they've put into each one of the weapons as well. I'll go into just specifically the bow, but I like the fact that when she draws the string back, you hear the crackling of kind of like the woods, you know, coming down while you pull the string. And also, when you pull the string back in order to hold it, you can't just sit there all day and aim, and you're going to have a perfect shot because what happens when you hold a bowstring back? It's tough. It's hard. That's It's... You get it takes tired. a lot of strength. You get tired. So what happens? She starts wobbling and shaking, and the aim starts to like, you know, jiggle a little bit because she's exhausted from holding the bowstring back. So yeah. they've taken all these little details of what an actual bow feels like to shoot, and put it into this character to where not only does it feel good and does it make you feel powerful by the way that they've presented this bow, but it's also realistic. Yeah, um, it does. It does feel realistic. It, it like you feel strong, but you don't feel too strong. You don't feel like it's it's unreal. It just feels like yeah. you're well trained, and so that's what's special about the game. Um, they did a great job of balancing like feeling powerful, but also feeling not so powerful going up against these giant beasts. Oh, no. Because yeah. it's like, oh, you feel, oh, I'm going to go up against this one and I kill him and I could take those on, no problem, and it's easy. But then you come across the little bit larger one that you haven't come across and you're like creeping around and trying to figure it out and, okay, how do I deal with this? Yeah. So, no, you know, you don't say, feel like say, God mode, you know? Yeah, when I say powerful, like, yeah, you're not, I don't mean like you're going to be going up against a giant creature and just taking it down. You need to understand the creature. You need to understand its weak points and and, again, understand its set of its set of mechanics because every creature acts different it's mm -hmm. not just a different skin even even like a cat-like creature if there's a different you know different variation of it they act different and that's what's cool they spent enough time to give these creatures that you're interact that you're fighting and you're finding you're running into it gave them personality so when you hit a certain type of creature you were either like oh yeah I got this because I understand it or you were like fuck and you hid in the bushes and you and you kind of like thought out a plan in your head of how you were going to, you know, attack this. And, you know, it, it's just a very well-balanced fighting mechanic, period. And Gorilla, Gorilla killed it. They just, they just did a great job. So, uh, last up, you wanted to make a mention of the AI interaction, which you, you lightly did already, but did yeah. you want to say anything else a, on it? A little bit in the, in the, uh, the dislikes, I kind of brought it to, to light, but uh, just to kind of reiterate some of those again, I love the fact that you can, you know, go into an area and something will happen to your character, and then the NPCs, when you go somewhere else, will, will follow that interaction like it actually happened. I like the fact that the machines fight each other. I like the fact that, you know, when you override them, you can get them to fight for you. I can't tell you the amount of times that I would override a machine just to watch it fight another machine, and then I would sit there and watch them. Like, <laughs> I don't have to do that. I, I clearly wanted to override this machine to get it to fight the other one so that I could get by without having to fight them both, correct? No, I'd sit there and watch some duke it out, and then once one of them, you know, won, I'd be like, oh, crap, now now I got to get out of here with, 
you know, the other one's still alive. What do I do? <laughs> like, it's just the AI interactions that they've put in this game were just very well done. I never felt like it was, you know, skipping story or, oh, hey, here's something that happened in the game, and then later on we forgot that it happened. So they did a really good job of, you know, blending the AI interaction into the storytelling of this game. Yeah, absolutely. The AI felt good. The way it evolved over the game and changed made you feel like that your your actions and your decisions held weight, you know, like you've said. So you didn't, you know, you thought about what you were going to do because you were worried that maybe it would lead to something mm-hmm. else. I will tell you so that people, you know, and this isn't a, a spoiler, um, I think it's important to understand is that I wouldn't freak out too much about the decision aspects of this game. Like, example, uh, Infamous Second Son or even Mass Effect where you can, you know, be evil or good or asshole or nice, you know, things like that. It can really change heavily the outcome of a game. In this game, for the most part, it doesn't uh, affect it that heavily. The only thing is if you are a trophy hunter, I will tell you to uh, maybe do your research on the trophies and understand what you might want to do if you want the if you want to try to get the platinum. Now yeah. I'm gonna say yeah. Jazzy knew nothing about that. And what's the big news? I platinumed Horizon Zero. <laughs> there it is, yep. <laughs> and this is just me playing through. I got engrossed in this game, absolutely loved it, poured every you know, second of free time that I did have to play games into Horizon Zero Dawn. Didn't get distracted by my other games that I normally get distracted by. And I can tell you that going through and just enjoying the game and all the side stuff that you could do, doing the side missions because I wanted to because they felt good and they didn't feel like they were taken away from the story. When I did complete the game, I was, I think, 82% uh, complete with the trophies just by playing the game the first time through. Right, yeah. Now, so, now, hold on, though. Just by playing the game, you still went through and you collected the collectibles. Yeah, I did the collectibles and so stuff like that. But, you don't but, have to do that. Correct. So you, you did go a little bit out of your way, which is common in this game because because it's just so mesmerizing that you don't want to just run through the story. True, but they do give you offer you in-game perks for those things. So if you collect all of the metal flowers, then you can go back into the main town and somebody will trade you for them and give you gear. Right. You know, uh, spoiler alert. That's not a spoiler alert. Huh? No, I didn't know about that. No, I'm kidding. I did. <laughs> uh, I was going to say, if you didn't know about that, you might want to go back and replay the game. <laughs> but, you know, they there's a secondary drive. Not only is it fun to go do, and like you said, it doesn't get repetitive because each area where these things are found is a little bit different and there's a different way to try to get to them and, and hunt them down and find them. But there's also these side perks to actually getting them that can help you along the way. So yeah, the rewards the rewards feel feel right. And and what I mean by that, it would be another example to Zelda where sometimes you'll go do a side mission and it will be brutal, and they'll be like, "Thank you so much. Here's a hundred rupees." And you're like, "Are you kidding me, bitch? I am gonna burn your house down." <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but um, no, I, the side missions feel worth it. And so so, anyways, we. You completed the game, you platinum the game, you love the game. Um, I love the game as well. I, I think it will be in the running for Game of the Year. Let's go ahead and get into our final statements here. Do you have anything else you want to say about the game before we go ahead and give a rating? 
<sighs> nothing I could think of that won't be a spoiler. I can I talk about can, this game for years. <laughs> I think you can. I don't think this will be a spoiler, but I think the last thing that you should probably tell people is your emotional state once you completed the game. Oh, absolutely. Um, yeah, I can tell you that. I, I'm 32 years old, a grown ass man, as your wife would say, a grown ass man. Fact. I could do what I want. I'm a grown ass man. Um, and the story of this game was so good that I actually cried at the end of it. It gave me that same feeling of like, and certain movies have done this in the past too, where it's kind of like, I'll say The Lord of the Rings, The Hobbit. I'm very big into like that, you know, kind of like genre and style of movie. And, you know, when The Lord of the Rings finished, I was like, holy crap, I just went through this nine-hour epic adventure, and this happened at the end. Now what do I do? Like, like, I feel lost. Like, I feel like I should still be learning about this environment, and I still want to know what happens afterwards, but I'm not going to get that story. And, and, like, what do I do now? This game gave that to me. I I legit sat in my chair when the credits were done rolling. It was like, man, now what do I do? <laughs> like, <laughs> I've had those moments, and, and one of them recently, which was Final Fantasy XV. You put, I put a lot of hours into Final Fantasy XV, and when I completed it, you had that feeling of like you felt great it felt amazing and then you felt like oh no what yeah. am i supposed to do with like my this time empty, now this emptiness, emptiness. and yep. you know and so like i remember the original trilogy of uh gears of war you, like you said with with uh lord of the rings it's like you know my buddy and i god of games aj we we did this co-op together every time the game would come out we bunker down get online and we play this story and then they and then it ended, and it was like, okay, we did it. We you know we saved the world. I can't believe it's over. Like I can't like. Yeah. Does it have to be over? You know, like one of those things. And so, Horizon definitely has that feeling to it. You know, I haven't completed it and gotten. To, you know, I still have gameplay, but I worry about that because I'm enjoying it so much. And you know, that's um, that means you got a special game on your hands for sure. So. Uh, but enough enough about that. Let's let's finish this off with a solid rating on a ten point scale. Jazzy Fiddle, what do you give Horizon Zero Dawn? I can say first off that personally, for me, my opinion, being a huge gorilla fan that I am, this is the best game that I've ever played. I can honestly say that. I like a lot of games. I give a lot of credit to games. There's games I don't like. I can honestly say this is the best game that I have ever played to date. But also, it has my it has dislikes. It has some of those flaws. It has some of those bugs. I'm going to give this game an 8.8 .8 out of 10. 8.8 .8 out of 10. Is that good enough to be the GOAT? It didn't play. <laughs> <laughs> oh, fail. Let me try that again. I had this all set up just for you guys. Oh, man. Is it the goat? <laughs> <laughs> That's better. <laughs> I hate that sound effect, by the way, but I, for this, I thought it was uh, I thought it was viable. Yeah. 8.8 .8 out of 10. Very good. Very strong review. Yeah. Very strong score. I will recommend to anybody that they should, you know, it's not going to be for everybody. Everybody has their style of game, but... I would recommend to anybody, give this game a shot. 
give it the chance to to engulf you like it did me. Yeah, being a new IP, it's already set the record for the PS4 as far as a new IP release at 2.6 million copies in the first two weeks. Like it is a special game. It is is doing well, but with a new IP, you always you know you're always worried because you know. It's not the fourth game. It's not the fourth Gears of War where, you know, you you know what Gears of War is. It's not Uncharted 4. It's not, you know, The Last of Us 2 that everyone's super pumped about. The Last of Us, which went on to be one of the greatest games of all time, as people like to call it. No one knew, like, all they knew was it was a Naughty Dog game. Yes, some people were excited for it, but, like, some people, like myself, didn't pick it up until after... It had grown and, and gained that excitement, and that's what this game is doing. We now are seeing that second wave of people that we even know that knew nothing about Horizon. That like I got a message the other day from our from our sponsor uh, of our of our other show, the Gamezilla Podcast, uh, Detroit Beer Collective owner Matt Pionk. He he messaged me. He goes, so what do you think of uh, a PS4 Pro? Because this Horizon Zero Dawn's got me got me ready to jump ship on my Xbox. And you know, I'm like, I'm like, first of all, if you got a 4K TV with HDR, the pro, the pro is a cool machine. Mm-hmm. And second of all, hell yeah for Horizon Zero Dawn, <laughs> yeah, yeah. get it. And by by the 20 minutes later, he was in a store buying it. So, I, you know, the the game is special. It's selling systems. I have proof right there. But it's also pulling people like you know, uh, Five Mile Rick. Someone that's like, yeah, it looks cool. I saw, I saw it at Jazzy's house, you know, and um, I'll probably get it. But the more and more that he saw, and the more he heard people talk about it, he goes, okay, I gotta play it right now, mm-hmm. you know. And that's what's happening. I think people are realizing how, you know, the secondary level, the, th- the third level of people that weren't paying attention, they're the ones now. They're like, ooh, I think I want to try this game out. So I think it's uh, it's in for the long run. We're gonna see, we're gonna see more Horizon Zero Dawn stuff. You know, including DLC that they've already announced they're working on uh, more story content for nice. Horizon Zero Dawn. And we're going to get we're, more games are on the way. Quick side thing before we get your rating in relation to your Matt Pionk story is if you have the ability to, because you already do have, or you have the ability to play on somebody else's uh, PS4 Pro system that has a 4K TV with HDR content. I will say that this game, Horizon Zero Dawn, has some of the best lighting effects I have ever seen in a video game in my life. To the point where my uncle was standing there <laughs> watching me play. Just standing behind me watching me play for probably about an hour and 20 minutes one day. Because he couldn't look away at how beautiful the screen was. Like, some of the the <laughs> the moonlight that shines through the trees. The sunsets. The dust storms. The fog. Like, I have screenshots that are now a basically flip book background of my computer of just great screenshots that I've got with the HDR content of this game. Yeah, the game, I mean, even without HDR, it's gorgeous, but with the Pro and, and, the, and the right TV and, and just, it's mesmerizing. You'll just stop playing at some points just to like, because you'll look at the scenery and be like, oh my yeah. God. So I, I don't know um, if you've done this, and I want to just throw this out there because I f- we haven't talked about this yet. And normally, you know, we talk about a lot of the gaming stuff because we talk all the time about it. But have you ever? Because I've done this twice through my through my playthrough of this game. I want to see if you've done it. Have you at any point in your playthrough stopped and watched the sunset? 
Oh, absolutely. <laughs> because you notice you notice as it's falling behind a mountain or something because the shadow cast changes live. Yep. And you're kind of like, oh. And so you'll just stop and you'll turn and you'll just watch it. And you're like. Yeah. Because the time generation of this game is great. You can physically just watch the yeah. sunset behind a mountain. Like, it's awesome. Yeah, it is It is uh, phenomenal. The, the weather effects are phenomenal. It's it's a beautiful game. So my rating, I'm going to give it on the 10-point scale, is a, not as good as Jazzy's. Uh, I'm going to give it a solid 8 out of 10. Until you beat it. No. <laughs> that could slightly change, you're right, but I'm giving it 8 out of 10. I really, really like it. It, it probably would have got a 9, possibly 9.5 out of 10 if I wouldn't have played Zelda during the Horizon playthrough because it, it, it did make the shortcomings of the game stick out a little bit more. It also made some of the strong points stick out better too, but the shortcomings just they, they continue to bother me a little bit now to the point where, like, I've I've put the game down for like a week, you know, and then I got back into it. I was like, oh yeah, now I remember why I like, you know, why I was really into this game, and it's the story, and it's the battle mechanics. But then there's the you know the other mechanics and the other things. I'm just kind of like, eh, man, I really wish they would have done this. So it doesn't get the perfect score. It gets an eight out of ten. It definitely gets um, you know mentioned as a potential game of the year, and I still you know it has the uh, an amazing soundtrack, some of the best visuals I've ever seen in any video game. Uh, I think, as Jazzy put it, the the weather effects and and the lighting effects are, they're the best I've seen, at least on a you know a home console. Unless you have like a, I don't know four thousand dollar computer rig and you want to show me some some bullshit game that no one knows about that's just pretty. This is a game that's fun, that's um, that's you know that's beautiful. It, it just it hits on a lot of cylinders and it deserves to be in everyone's collection. I think if you're if you own a PlayStation Four and and you don't own this game, you're missing you're missing something special that this this generation is giving you. And uh, I, that's it. Eight out of ten, solid game. New new IP, a new hero that you're going to that you're gonna love. Yep. A strong female that I believe you know I've spoke about in previous shows. I just don't believe there's a, a you know enough of them out there. They they sexualize them too much. They it, it's all about just big tits and skinny waist and you know and Aloy Aloy is she just defeats all of that. You know she's she's hot. Don't get me wrong. Aloy's hot, but she's also hot because of her strength and her courage and determination. You know and just like like example the the stuff that you go through in the beginning of the game. I'd say if that was real life, I'd say fuck it. Like yeah, you know? yeah. So give so I give her mad props type deal, you know. So, all right. Um, but this has been our our review, our for our impressions on Horizon Zero Zero Dawn from someone that beat the game with a platinum to yes. to a person that hasn't finished it yet, and you can see our view on it is very similar, and the the reviews are or the the scores are very similar. So thank you for tuning in. I'm gonna give us a little bit of. Uh, a little bit of something special to go on our way out here. That's right. We're going to lead yeah. out with the same great music as before. Shout out, Gorilla Games. Great job making your first open world RPG game. Special shout out to John Gonzalez, who is the writer of this game. The story was absolutely phenomenal. One of the best stories that I have ever played through in any game. And also... Keep in mind that this episode is brought to you by our supporters on Patreon. 
If you want early access to the show, along with other great perks, head on over to patreon.com slash GameZilla Podcast and start your patronage today. Remember, we come out every Sunday on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, Overcast, Google Play, and of course, MotorCityGaming.com. Don't forget to check out and listen to our sister show, the GameZilla Podcast, hosted by yours truly here, along with Deadite and Cable2KX. We put on a weekly Tuesday show to cover all the news every week that's going on in the gaming industry. And then The Legend of Retro brought to you, brought to you by Xander and Shops, a weekly retro show focusing on games like Twisted Metal, Final Fantasy IX, Maniac Mansion. Those are just some of the recent episodes that came out on The Legend of Retro. These are all available at the same locations I just mentioned. Thank you, everyone, for all your support. Remember to click that subscribe, that heart, that leave that review. Give us five stars and tell your friends and family about us. It helps us so much and we appreciate it. Yes, what we need you to do is follow. And for anybody that's played Horizon Zero Dawn, or for all you futures that are going to play Horizon Zero Dawn, you'll know exactly why that's important. All right. That's been episode four, the game's little alpha. I'm super excited for that episode because four is my lucky number. I was born in the fourth. I just, you know, it had to be important. And four really captured a game that I loved. So I'm yeah, happy. I think this is perfect for us. We know we weren't 100% sure uh, going up into the show what we wanted to talk about. And then when you powered through a couple days ago and just finished this game, like you don't, and let's be honest, you don't finish games like this unless there's something special. Yeah, I don't. It pretty much, you know, sold that that the next Alpha show should really be focused on this because Jazzy can really, really lead it, and you did a good job. <sighs> but all right, I think it's time to to call tonight. Thanks for joining us, and until next week, game, game on. on.